We'd like to welcome you back to the sixth part of our mega study. This is the third mega study we've done on the alien disclosure agenda. This is the sixth and the final part, so I was actually able to get through it all in one one night. It's uh, yeah, finally, finally getting through this. Now, this is a listener comment. This is from a listener uh, named Donna. I believe she's in Australia, and um, this is about a shapeshifter and the power of the Lord, Jesus Christ. And, um, okay, so she starts out by saying, hi, Dr. Scott, we, uh, will tell you a really cool story that happened to me years ago, knowing that you will appreciate the power of the Lord. My ex-husband, and this is a really good faith building kind of one to, and this isn't the last thing I'm reporting on, but it's one of the last things. Um, my ex-husband was attending a local karate club. And one of his classmates was an obvious high-level witch. One night after their karate lesson, this woman was showing some of the students her abilities, her occult abilities. The most impressive was manifesting from human to a hideous-looking demon. <laughs> That's a nice little parlor trick, you know? A little light-hearted, you know, round-the-coffee-table type thing to kind of show people. She, she, she was a shapeshifter. She had the ability to shapeshift. Um, my ex-husband came home from a karate telling me this bizarre story and knowing I was a Christian I would object to any sort of witchcraft he suggested to me that he will bring this woman home so she can manifest in front of me <laughs> that's brilliant I mean just brilliant of course I was very alarmed and told him don't ever bring that woman into my home and he needs to stay away from her the following week I'd forgotten about the story when my husband came home from his karate class he had brought this woman with him into my home. Obviously, I mean, really, thumbs up for the husband. That's all I can say. Mega, mega thumbs up for the husband. Bringing a devil like this into your house uh, after your wife's told you, don't you even think about doing it. You know, I guess he thought she was just kidding around. I don't know. Anyway, obviously, they both had pre-organized the event. And the plan was, without my knowledge, for her to do her manifesting witchcraft trick in front of me believe this oh my word this is her husband doing this i mean you know thank you so much anyway i don't know why maybe to scare me or to see what would happen anyway i was rather annoyed at him for bringing her into my home and about being open about my christian beliefs i decided to have coffee with her and have an open religious discussion about god and jesus and a sort of retaliation to their obnoxious disregard to my request of don't bring that witch into my house <laughs> i love this story anyway so as my ex sat back to watch and listen to the show the witch and myself began a religious discussion and i didn't take long before the woman became agitated by this topic and directed the discussion toward bragging how she was how powerful she was and how she could transform herself into a different being oh man i wish i could have been there she once she said that i became very annoyed and demand that she leave my house and i remember telling her don't you dare do that in my house <laughs> this is like the best story ever next moment she had instantly done it she instantly had shapeshifted um and in one second i'm looking at her then before my eyes she had changed and manifested herself into a transparent ugly beast looking thing in front of me <laughs> i'm telling you this stuff's real <laughs> i'll tell you a story when this is done that i've probably never said on air before anyway i was so extremely angry and righteously indignant of how dare she do that in my house and in front of me 
as if taunting me like there was nothing I could do about it. Um, so in my rage, I stood up and I told her, in the name of Jesus, stop doing that right now. Get out of my house. Well, as soon as I said that, her great power to manifest vanished and she was instantly returned back into a human and she ran out of my house and never returned. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> this is how simple it is. I'm telling you, it is this simple. As long as you have faith, as long as you're a born-again Christian, it is this simple, okay? It is not like you've got to go through 4,000 things to get this to happen. You can literally, you know, uh, cause their power to go to nothing by doing this, by calling on the Lord Jesus Christ. So anyway, um, she, she were, um, as soon as I said that, her great power to manifest vanished she was instantly returned back into a human and she ran out of my house and never returned <laughs> i love it i cast out every devil that may have entered with her and my ex-husband sat there in shock and awe of what just happened he witnessed the power of god for himself and he stayed away from the woman after that i don't know if that woman lost her powers permanently after that i pray she did the lord had the glory and the power and he taught them both a lesson that night and my faith in his power and might surely did grow as well and i'm telling you that is what happens to you as a christian when this stuff happens your faith will exponentially grow the shield of faith that you that you will bear and the full armor of god will grow it will strengthen it is a good thing i promise you you will feel invigorated like never before it's i'm telling you it's awesome that's why I'm like so wanting it. So because I've experienced stuff like this and it's like the greatest feeling in the world because the Bible truly does come alive. The spiritual warfare and the battle that we're in truly does become real. And it really gets you to focus more on the Lord, you know, because it's like, wow, this is, this is so real. Um, praise the Lord. Amen. That's how she ends it. Now, I, I have a story. I've never told this before. Um, and it's about a woman I knew. And I was practicing. This is the last job that I ever had where I actually worked for anybody. And I was in a clinic. I was the main doctor at this clinic that I worked at in Fort Myers. And um, I worked with neurosurgeons and neurologists and that. But I was the main doctor there that actually did the um, adjusting and the taking care of patients. And I had a lot of uh, other people that were there working with me. And they would help me do they would like set up the therapies and they would set up the um like the heat and the interferential and ice packs and things like that for the patients well one day i was talking to one of uh i don't know if, i think it was one of the massage therapists out in the hallway and when i came back in to check on my patient the girl that was laying on the table asked me if um if i was talking about so and so okay let's just call her name the lady that i knew because she's still alive and i, I don't really want to she would ever hear this i would really wouldn't want, want to uh use her her real name but let's just call the namey name of the lady becky okay she says were you talking about becky so-and-so and i said yeah she says you're you're the one that you know knew her and all this stuff i said yeah she said um do you know what she did to my grandfather and basically to boil it down this girl was a demon, okay, that she was talking about, who I knew personally. And she basically went on to say that 
she had done all these things to her grandparents and basically punched her grandpa in the face left him with this big gigantic bill grandpa had co-signed on a truck for her. she went out and wrecked it when he said you need to help me pay this thing off she said i'm not going to make you pay anything off she punched her grandpa in the face so the girl my patient that was laying face down at the time it was like the second time she'd ever been in for for a treatment she said and i told her i said if i ever see you out in public i'm going to kill you now this girl that told me this she was a this girl looked like she'd fight anybody and i'm talking grown men she was rough okay i'm not putting her down i'm just saying she was a rough redneck girl okay and we have a lot of those down in fort myers in florida and you might not think of florida like that but there were a lot of a lot of hardcore rednecks down there big time and um i said well and I believed her. I mean, this girl had nothing to gain by telling me this. Nothing at all to gain by telling me this. Because it, 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 up to that point, you're thinking, well, maybe she's just bragging how she's going to, you know, beat the girl up or something or whatever. And I said, well, wow. I said, that's interesting. I said, well, what, what happened? I said, have you ever seen her since then? Oh, she says, oh, yeah, I just saw her last year for the first time in like, I don't know, so many years. And I said, well, what happened? She said, I was at a doctor's office. And she said we were, I was checking out and she was, no, no, hold on. She was checking out, I was checking in, okay? And you know how at doctor's offices, a lot of times they'll have like a hallway where you kind of go down and you go to your visit room and, and, but when you come out of the visit, there'll be like a little window for the person checking out and there'll be a little window in the front where like you check in, but there's two windows, okay? One on one side, one on the other. Okay, for the people checking out and the people checking in. Well, <clears throat> when Becky, the girl that we both knew, was that was her cousin, okay, this girl's cousin, this redneck girl's cousin, okay, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, I'm just saying the girl was a proud redneck, okay, she was. Um, she said, and I, for, I forget her name, um, I know she had another, her sister was Stacy, but, um, when she was checking out, evidently she said that, and this is, I'm trying to remember, but this is the, this is the, um, this is an accurate story. I'm, I'm just, I might not be getting every detail just perfect, but she said, I was, I was, um, checking in, Becky was checking out, and as Becky was leaving, okay, the girl that I was treating was still standing at the front. The secretary turned to the girl that I was treating, okay, my patient, and she said, hey, aren't you going to say hi to your cousin? Because evidently they, for some reason, the secretary knew they were related, okay. Beck, uh, the girl that was my patient told me, she said, I didn't recognize her because she was so stunningly beautiful. I hadn't seen her in years, and she was so stunningly beautiful, I did not recognize her from the past, okay. The girl that we both knew, this Becky, was just drop-dead gorgeous, okay? Which makes the next part all the more creepy. So at that point, now remember, this girl had told me, my patient had told me that she said, if I ever see you out in public after what you did to our grandpa, I'm going to kill you. This is, this is a hardcore redneck girl that would probably fight a man. 
She said, so she turned around after the secretary said this to her, okay, and said, hey, aren't you going to say hi to your cousin? So as she was turning around, Becky was just walking out the front door, and it was a glass facade, plate glass facade, on the whole front of this doctor's office. And as she turned, I think she said she turned to the left. As she walked out the door, you could still see her walking. Becky turned to my patient, and I forget her name, but she said that as she was turning and she looked, because see, Becky knew who it was. She says as she looked at me, as we made eye contact, she turned from this just unbelievably drop-dead gorgeous, I mean, she was, she was gorgeous, woman, and her face literally melted right before me, right there as she was walking. It was like her face just melted right in front of her. And she just smiled through the melting face. She shapeshifted right in front of her to scare her because she knows what had been said before. And you know what the girl, the, the girl, the big, bad, tough, redneck, my patient girl said to me? She, I said, well, what did you do? She says, I have never been so scared in my life life now this is not a girl you would think would want to admit that especially about her cousin who she had vowed years earlier to kill if she ever got her out in public alone she's you know it's not like she's telling me this and making herself look good she said i was more scared when she did that than any other time i've ever been in my life and she says and i will never ever mess with her pursue her or do anything i am deathly afraid and i will be deathly afraid of her basically until the day i die that's what she said to me which made it all the more i guess impacting because of the consider the source her sister then about a year later came to me becky's sister and told me that one time when they were growing up she had heard her and her mom and becky's mom was a very and still is a very unstable person her sister who i'm not going to say her name um had heard Becky and her mom fighting one night. This was like, I don't know, 11, 12 at night. I mean, they were screaming at each other. And it was coming from Becky's bedroom. This is when they're growing up. Okay? And she said that it was so bad, I thought somebody was going to get killed. So her sister burst into the bedroom and she looked and her and her mom were literally like, fighting on the bed and she said and when she looked over at her sister becky that her eyes were glowing red now this is probably years before the shape-shifting incidents happened i know for a fact that she was participating in high-level witchcraft where animal sacrifice was taking place i think she might also be an mk ultra mind control slave God showed me all types of things about this girl. All types of things. She was working as a stripper at an escort service. She was working at an escort service where there was literally a warlock that literally owned it. 
and controlled all the girls. I mean, I was shown so much stuff about this Becky girl, and I never, I didn't even ask for it. It was just put in my lap. It was very, very reminiscent of all the stuff that James is being shown that I'm reading here. And you could be saying, oh, come on, another thing from James? He's being shown all this stuff? Come on. He could be making this stuff up. I'm telling you, I've been in situations where God poured stuff into my lap that I wasn't even asking about, and I didn't even almost want to know, but it was almost like it was just shown me for one reason or another. So I've kind of been in those shoes before. I know what that's like. I'm telling you, this stuff exists. It, it, it flat out exists out there. And, and these are just a couple of the other experiences. And all of this stuff happened with me um, in a very short time frame. Like, I mean, it was just shown to me one after another, after another, after another. About this one girl. You know? And um, probably within about, I was probably shown all the stuff about her alone, I would say within about a year time frame. And it wasn't even anything I was really praying about. You know, it was just kind of, this information was just kind of dropped in my lap. And one other story, and I don't know if this is where it started, but, and this is why this is so dangerous. Becky before any of this stuff had ever happened at an earlier time, had told me a story. She had told me that she had participated in, 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 well, witchcraft to the point where they were sacrificing rams, stuff like that. This girl had a photographic memory. She could literally just read a page at a glance and know it. I mean, it, it was really, which is an attribute of a mind control. They, they, a lot of times they'll, what they, they'll, they'll, uh, scar the brainstem in such a way uh with mk ultra mind control stuff where they actually can create um usually their their mind control sex slave type they call them sex kittens where they can go out and uh do these types of things there's a lot of books i've read on this particular subject you, and you look a lot of the women that have come out of that movement and they'll confirm it to you kathy o'brien being just one of them that other one bryce uh, they'll they'll all confirm what I'm saying here. She told me at a very early age, they lived out in um, North Fort Myers area, which is very country, it's more rural, um, and she said that one night she had a sleepover, and that the girls, it was real late at night, and they got together and they said, hey, let's play that game light as a feather, stiff as a board. Now, I don't know if you know what that is, and I've never played it. I never did that kind of stuff when I was even... I, I grew up real secular, but I stayed away from that stuff. It's like God put boundaries on me and put fear in me about certain things. About, you don't do this. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. You have somebody lay down. It's, it's, like, it's like using a Ouija board. You're opening up doorways and pathways that you should never do. And see, the devil is really, really good at parlor tricks. But the problem is, is when you do the devil's parlor tricks, you're opening up doorways and you have no idea what kind of demonic infestation you're opening yourself up to. Well, anyway, she played light as a feather, stiff as a board with one of the girls there. And I don't know, there was like, I don't know, three or four other girls. And basically, I think you put like one finger under the person and you say, I think you just say light as a feather, stiff as a board. I don't know if there's anything else you chant. And then supposedly what will happen is you can just raise the person up in air, in the air with just one finger. And there's like only, there's like four people, 
like two fingers on each side of the person. In other words, it's something you could never do. It's not like you're using both hands to raise them up. It's literally you're using one finger. Now, what is that? That is a demon raising the person. Okay, all it is is a demonic parlor trick. The demon has the ability to overcome gravity and overcome mass and raise a person. I mean, how do you, I mean they, they can throw things around a room and haunted houses and that kind of stuff happens all the time. They move chairs around all this other thing, stuff. It's no big deal for the devil to do something like that in order to deceive you. So they played this game, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Now, she only told me this story once. She never told it to me again. And she said, and it worked. Girl raised up, and that's about all I can remember. So they go to bed, from what I can gather. And remember, this story was told me a long time ago. But I think this is where the initial doorways got opened up. I'm not saying she's not human. I think that her witchcraft abilities at this point are advanced to the point and also, I don't know if she's been involved with the government MK Ultra Mind Control. That would also enhance things. But I'm not saying she's not human. Just because she could give the appearance of shape-shifting, just because she could give the appearance of having red eyes, that doesn't mean she's not human. It just means that she is full of devils and demons and has these ability to um, produce these demonic parlor tricks, essentially is what it boils down to. So now, she says that night when she got up, I don't know if something awoke her or whatever, but she said, and she said they had a big plate glass window in the front of their house. She woke up and she looked out that plate glass window and there was a werewolf out there with big red eyes just looking in. Now you could say, well, that's a lie. Well, okay, but look at what happened later that I learned years later about her, where her sister said that when they got in that fight, when, when Becky looked up, she had glowing red eyes, just like this werewolf. What kind of doors did she open that night? Now, granted, she may have done a whole lot of other witchcraft stuff she never told me about. But she told me about that. She only told it to me once. I couldn't even get her to ever repeat it again. Scared her. But I'm telling you, this paranormal stuff and, 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 and this cryptozoological and all of this stuff is real. And I've had it put in my lap from multiple sources over the years. Unrelated. I didn't even ask for it. And it keeps happening over and over again. And then I see this alien agenda that we're reporting on today and how that figures into the whole mix. And then she has the ability later to actually literally shapeshift to scare her enemies or whatever else she's going to use it for. So I've never said that on air before, um, but I'm telling you, that stuff was put in my lap in a very short time frame, and I do believe it was by God. And, and um, it was from multiple unrelated sources that had nothing to do with one another. I learned about her working at that, that escort service from, from one of the massage therapists there. Um, literally, totally by accident, where I was working. How she was working for that warlock. Uh, I mean, man, what a year my life that was. Whoa, I don't want to relive that ever again. Anyway, um, so let's go with my last report here. And it's entitled, and this is a mainstream report in Business Insider. Okay? This is Business Insider. This isn't like um, National Enquirer. Business is, what are they doing running a report like this? It's entitled, Many People in Iceland Believe in the Hidden People. It is an off-reported, can you believe it fact that many people in Iceland still believe in the possible existence of elves. The myth from the country folk traditions has persisted and the persistent suspicion that the good folk folk 
may still be out there among the rocks has even led to the Icelandic road and housing plans being altered to avoid sites associated with them. Now, there's an incredibly detailed map that shows you exactly where such sites can be found. There's a link to it right here. I can give you the link you can click on. I mean, it's, it's literally blanketing all of Iceland. I don't, know they, I don't know how they could build anywhere. From what I could see. I mean, you'd have to really be careful. Iceland's Sega Foundation compiled and published the map last fall, linking traditional folk tales featuring the so-called Hudalik Huldafolk, or the Hidden People, with locations all across the island. While deciphering the attached stories can be challenging for those who don't speak Icelandic, what's striking is the mind-blowing volume of tales mapped. Zoom in into any corner of the map and you will find an incredibly dense scattering of sightings, stories, and legends about the hidden people, sprinkling almost all of the island's underpopulated landscape with an intricate network of tales and supposed elf sightings. This past winter, a large portion of the unpopulated zone was back in the Icelandic news as campaigners, including Bajork, whoever that is, and her union leader father have lobbied to have the region protected by a new national park. It's like they're going to protect the elves, the Keebler elves, you know. And you could just dismiss it all, uh, there's nothing to any of this. Well, just bear with me for a sec. If created, the park would cover 40% of the entire country. Got to protect the elves and the little people. If this scope seems huge, rest assured that most of the area is empty, at least of humans. It's not that Icelanders are inherently any more witchy or suggestible uh, than people from other nations. In fact, when it comes to religion, a recent poll suggested that no young Icelanders even believe that God that a God created the world. No young Icelanders believe that. They don't believe in the God even, I mean, that's not even believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's just, that's believing, that's even going further. That's saying, no, no God created this world. Oh, I guess it just evolved. You know, just Big Bang type thing. And we just, we're all a big accident, evidently. Or they're just all atheists. No young Icelanders even believe that a God had created the world. They couldn't find one. That is one evil godless society let me tell you that is as godless as you could get if that's the case and i have no reason to believe it's not rerouting a road to bypass a reputed fairy stone might seem somewhat ludicrous but the spirit behind the move of respect forbearance and a need to balance human needs with those of others oh the the needs of the elves the little people of course we have to respect them is one we should all hold on to. Oh, the world according to this devil writing this report. Now, for a full look at the subject, see Little Creatures. It's a book Quail wrote um, about, it's a whole huge book on this subject. I read it. It's good. It has some inappropriate images, though, which I don't understand why you had to put in there. Just don't get that. (laughs) But... Um, it's on not just elves, it's on all of these little creatures that have appeared through time, imps and fairies and, so, uh, you name it, you think about it, if it's been reported on history, hobgoblins, goblins, I mean, you, you, you name it, they're in there, 
okay? All of these firsthand accounts, a lot of them are, are um, you know, the basis of fairy tales and stuff, but a lot of those fairy tales are based in fact. I mean, where did those no where did the knowledge of that or the notion of those things come from? Just some creation of some out of somebody's mind? No, in, in the, especially in, in England and in Scotland and in these areas, Ireland, I mean, this is just a part of their life. Just like the Solomon Islanders, it's a part of their life with these giants and with these other creatures they have on their island. Well, you go back one or 200 years or whatever with, with um, England and Ireland and Scotland. Well, I'm telling you, it was the exact same way then. I mean, it's not as much as it is. I mean, to a certain extent, I'm sure there's a lot of people that still believe now, but I'm talking about back then it was way more prevalent. And um, the sightings were way more prevalent. And um, I don't know of a better book if you want to look at that subject than you're going to read than that book. I give you a link to it. But again, I caution you, there are some inappropriate images in the book. Okay, of a female inappropriate images stuff. I just don't understand why that had to be the case. But, um, yeah, so if you want to know more about that subject, because that subject goes in, or that book goes into that subject, every facet of that subject in extreme depth. I mean extreme depth. So um, that's all I have for today. We're, we're actually done, and uh, we got through this in six parts. So I, it will still be like the mega study. It'll be part three of the mega study series and who knows i might have another mega study on this next month depending on how much information comes in between now and the next while i feel like this is a subject i really need to bring people up to speed on as news is breaking because again when this when this full disclosure or, or whatever ends up happening goes into full gear they're probably going to shut down um the internet in some way shape or form or they're probably going to want to really 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 limit the narrative so that the truth cannot get out about the true nefarious agenda of what we're actually facing okay they're only going to want to give their sanitized version of it or whatever the governmental version approved version is going to be so that's all i have for today let's go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer heavenly father we thank you for this day you've given us i thank you for letting us come together lord and and explore this this um topic once again lord I just pray to God you use it for your glory. I pray you use it to educate the um, Christians out there that, that need to understand this truth, that they'll be prepared, Lord, for what is coming, um, that your name is glorified through it, that many would be saved as a result of, of, of this educational process, Lord God, that, that um, the body of Christ, Lord, I know it desperately needs, Lord. I mean, I, I need education on this. I, I learn more stuff every day, Lord. I do pray, God, you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form, Lord, and, and that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.